Atmosphere Church podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. If you need prayer or just someone to talk with, please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church. Someone from our team will be sure to connect with you. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. All right, all right, Atmosphere Church, how y'all doing? Man, we are packed in here like a can of sardines. Man, uh, what a great challenge to have as a brand new church, and uh, we are so excited that you showed up, and as I like to always say, showing up is half the battle, so you are already halfway to your victory. All right, high five your neighbor. All right, that's something to celebrate. And... uh, we are, just to let you know, because some of you are like, man, this is uncomfortable. Like, I'm, I'm like squished in here. I'm sitting next to somebody. And all they have to do is put their hand out, and then it's on my leg. That's weird. Because, um, come on, we're, like, we, when we go places, we like that seat in between us and the people we don't know, right? Uh, I get that. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, so we are working on some things. We are actually having to think and pray about a third gathering time, and which is a great challenge to have. And we also have some leads on a building. And uh, so God is, God is doing a quick work with Atmosphere Church. And so if you are a commercial real estate person, uh, come and see me afterwards and we could uh, have a little uh, chit-chat session. But uh, we are so glad that you're here. And last week we started a brand new series, and we're excited about it. It's called Level Up, and besides that announcement guy is my son, so I don't know if you guys caught that as Josiah, and, uh, and before I get into the message, I, I, I don't like to show off my clothes a whole lot, but, but this one I have to do. My wife got me my own socks, and you guys that are in the back can't see it, this is my face, because I told her, I said, I said, Josiah steals all my socks. She goes, he won't anymore. These are my socks, son. <laughs> anyway, um, if you have your Bibles, uh, let's get them out to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. This is kind of the, the whole premise of the series is this passage of Scripture that, that Peter is writing. He's trying to inspire the believers. He's trying to inspire even us here thousands of years later uh, of showing us the great potential that we have now that God lives inside of us. And so we want to unpack this passage of Scripture and really see how we can apply it to our lives so we can level up. Because all of us can agree that there's room in our life for us to level up. Go ahead and tell three people around you, I'm ready to level up. Just tell them, three people, I'm ready to level up. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that we're here. We understand, God, that Lord, there is room in our lives to level up, and I pray that you would use me as your vessel, and that you would use your word as a conduit of heaven to speak to us the changes that you desire to make in our lives so that we can level up with our faith and live out the life that you've created us and called us to live, and we thank you in advance for how you're going to do that. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, 
Amen. Let's read. I'm going to read uh, this morning from the New Living Translation version. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. And these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desire. So that's the potential part. He's, he's saying because God lives in us, we have this great potential of becoming this person that has glory and excellence coming from our life. Not because of our abilities, but because of the abilities of God living in us. And then he goes on, it says, supplement your faith with a generous provision. Now, let me back up. It says, in view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he starts off by saying, here's your potential, and if you want to reach your potential, if, if you want to level up in your faith, he gives these seven qualities. And last week, we talked about these as supplements. A lot of us have been to vitamin stores. We went to Sprouts or Whole Foods or whatever, and, and they, they have supplements for every body part that's on your body. We talked about that. But what we want to do is we want to take several weeks, we want to look at these supplements because it's one thing to know what the supplement is, it's another thing to know how to add that supplement to your faith. And so we want to take some time and unpack each of these supplements. And honestly, when I was planning this whole series out, I was thinking like, we'll just be done with this in a couple of weeks. But the more I kind of dug into each supplement, the more value that I saw each supplement had for our life. And so I'm like, I don't think we're going to be able to push through this series as quickly as I first thought we would. So today, we're just going to highlight the first one, which is moral excellence. And we're not going to have time to even push beyond that supplement, moral excellence. You know, I, uh, I, I brought my, my tub of moral excellence this morning. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I like to put a little of this in my shake, you know, and, and, and get myself going. Uh, this is not, uh, this is actually a protein powder, all right? Um, but, but how many of you uh, do protein powder when you go and you work out and you do that. Okay, so, so here, I believe moral excellence, as we talk about it this morning, moral excellence is the protein powder for our faith. Now see, when I was a young man, when I was in college, I worked out occasionally, but I began training with a guy that was a former bodybuilder. Here he was a former Mr. California, Tom Touchstone. And he became a pastor later on at our Bakersfield campus. And it was so weird because, you know, I would work out and I would, I would be consistent in the gym. But I started working out with Tom and started training with him. And not only did he help me level up in my training abilities, but he started teaching me the science of weight training. And he was like, Jim, you got to level up on your protein intake because your protein intake is what helps fuel your muscle growth. And he starts going over the science, which then, you know, I, let me just do a little side 
moment or benefit for you. If you want to level up, the best way to level up in whatever area of your life that you're looking to level up, find somebody that is living on the level that you desire to live your life on. And when you start hanging out with Mr. California, it's going to affect how you work out. And when you start living your faith in a, in a community of other people that are living on a level that you desire for your life to be, it will be easier for you to reach that level when you're surrounded by people that are walking on that level with you. Does that make sense? That has nothing to do with the message, but I had to give that, that little nugget. Now, thinking about moral excellence, I, I want to unpack this because in the Greek language, this is an interesting word. The Greek word is arate, and here's how moral excellence is defined. It's the fulfillment of a thing, goodness, a gracious act, virtue, integrity, uprightness, from the same as aren, properly manliness. There you go, Jade, manliness, yes. Excellence or courage, nobleness, moral valor. Now, to the Greek philosophers, it meant the fulfillment of a thing. So when anything is mature and in nature it fulfills its purpose, they would call that a virtue or they would call that moral excellence. So if you planted a crop and the crop bore fruit, they would say that it was excellent. It was, it was excellent. It fulfilled its purpose. So in... in kind of breaking this down. See, some people walk on to the word moral, and so they think just automatically it's this morality, and so if you want to level up in your faith, all of a sudden it's just about you know, your behavior modification. And this is not what moral excellence is talking about here. This is not what Peter is after. He's not after behavior modification. He's after you living out what God has worked in. He, he's all about living your faith out loud. That, that's what I would say moral excellence is. It's living your faith out loud. Because it's one thing to talk about it, it's another thing to actually do it. I like how the Amplified Bible reads this particular verse right here. It says, for this very reason, adding your diligence to the divine promises, employ every effort in exercising your faith to develop virtue or excellence, resolution, or Christian energy. That's kind of funny, huh? Christian energy. You know, it's like a can of Bang or Red Bull. It's like, here's your can of Christian energy. What is that? But, but what it is, what this is, is it's you taking the faith that God has, has developed inside of you, all that glory and that excellence, and it's applying it to your life. And, and when you're applying it on the outside of your life, you're living with moral excellence. You're, you're taking this stuff that we are uh, learning in church and you're applying it to your life. This is the lifestyle portion of your faith. This isn't just us talking and gathering at a church service. This is actually you taking your faith and living it out with your family, living it out with your coworkers, living it out on your neighborhood, living it out on that stranger, you know, at, at the, the Starbucks. This is lifestyle. So when a Christian fulfills his purpose, when he's living out what God has worked in, we would say he's living with moral excellence. And see, somebody that that talks a good talk and says, like, I believe in God, and, 
this is, you know, the, my life, and, and I, I go to church, and I, and I read every day, and I pray at night, but their life doesn't exhibit any kind of lifestyle. Well, we call that kind of a person a hypocrite, where, where they say one thing and they do another. But if you think about it, we all are kind of hypocrites, because are any of us living this out perfectly? No. Yeah, so I like to tell people that tell me, you know, the reason I don't go to church is there's a bunch of hypocrites there. And I always like to answer, well, there's room for one more. (laughs) I can find a chair for you, dude. Because here's what I see happen. So many people in their faith, they're waiting for the perfect conditions in order to activate their faith and, and to do things for God. But if you keep waiting for the perfect conditions to settle in your life, when maybe you, you know enough of the Bible, when, when you've attended enough services, when you can actually sing the worship songs with your eyes closed because you have the verses memorized, I'm telling you, no matter how much you think I, you're going to have to prep or plan to get there, you're never going to arrive. So you might as well just start living your faith out loud right in the stage of development that you're in right now. That's where it is. This is what I call, don't just hear what I'm saying, see how I'm living. See, what what happens is, as we step into this idea and belief that the the glory and excellence of God is living in us, and and we start moving towards that, We, we take a step towards that, we don't arrive there perfectly, but we're, we're moving towards that. What happens is we decrease and God increases. The, the self-centeredness begins dying inside of us because it's being replaced by God-centeredness. And the more God-centeredness that comes from our life, the more we are living out this excellence because we're fulfilling the purposes of God. What's on the inside then begins starting to live on the outside. Now, the, the best way I can look at this is, is the idea of what it said, the proper uh, definition is manliness. And, and, and I don't want to, you know, segregate the, the men from the women here because the manliness term is not, not just for the men. This, this is a, a gender neutral term, meaning that there is courage that God wants all of us to have, men and women. And that in order for you to live morally excellent, there is going to be a requirement for you to live courageously. If you want to fulfill the purpose of God living inside of you, it's going to require courage. Because it's pretty scary to put yourself out there, especially when it comes to your faith. Have you ever maybe felt God nudge you to go pray for somebody and then something inside of you was fighting with you going, I don't know, I just, you know, I didn't like how my thought life was last night. Who am I to pray for them? And I don't know, what if they make fun of me? What if, what if they tell me to get lost? And, and all of these thought bubbles kind of come and they start kind of waging war against us and a lot of times we don't do it. We, we stop short of living out the courageous life, the, the moral excellence that God wants us to live. But if we want to level up in our faith, if we want to have that glory and excellence come, and here's the bigger thing, if, if we want to live lives of significance, of purpose, if we want to live lives of legacy, 
then, then you have to begin going back and looking how you might start living with more courage because it's rooted in living with courage. You think about the Bible, and the Bible's full of examples of courageous men and women that lived their life, and here we are talking about their stories thousands of years after they lived. Why? Because they lived courageously. Legacy is birth out of people that are not afraid to take risks in their life. And most of the time, in my experience as a pastor, the people that struggle most with going back to old ways and old habits are people that are living their life too safe. Let me tell you, Jesus died not to make our life safe, but to make us dangerous. And as we start looking at story after story in the Old Testament, especially David, I mean, David, here's this, this young teenager that is being challenged by a giant that is calling out the whole nation of Israel, and David's like, who is this punk that's talking smack about God? He's like, I'll, I'll go knock his head off. And they're like, David, come on, you're a kid. He's like, no, you know, all I need is a couple stones in my hand, and that guy's going down. And what's funny is you read David's life and, and that, that courage that he just possessed, like attracts like, right? So what happens is as, as God begins to elevate David more and more, he begins to attract more and more guys that have that courageous spirit with them too. And then they start getting into all kinds of trouble. They start, they start doing all kinds of things. Matter of fact, the Bible calls these guys the mighty men of David. And we read about all of these guys in the book of 2 Samuel. And in 2 Samuel chapter 23, you could read this, uh, this chapter later on this week, but the, the mighty men of David, there was these 37 guys, and they, they all had this like profile, and they all did these you know, outrageous acts that kind of ca- caused them to stand out from the rest of the pack. But this one particular passage, I want to talk about three of his mighty men, because they did something super crazy. David was hanging out one night with them, and and he was looking at his hydro flask, you know, because they had hydro flask back then, you know. And it was empty. And he just had this, like, kind of this uh, passing idea, like, you know what would be really amazing? Like, there's no better water than, than the water at the, the well of Bethlehem. And that is the best water. But see, Bethlehem was surrounded by this Philistine garrison, so he had enemies uh, around this well. But he was just kind of dreaming. It's kind of like, you know, when I'm somewhere other than California, I'm like, you know what would sound really good right now is a double-double from In-N-Out Burger, man. That just like, you know, but I'm in a different state. And it's just like these guys, these mighty men of David, like hear David saying he wants some water from the well of Bethlehem. And check it out. In verse 15, I'll put the verses up on the screen. It says, David had a craving and said, oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines and drew water from the well of Bethlehem, which was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. They filled his hydro flask and said, here you go. He says, nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said, be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of the men who were in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. I mean, pretty courageous to go just for a cup of water. Five years ago, a friend of mine sent me a video And I don't know how many of you uh, frequent YouTube and watch videos, but this video 
just stood out to me, and, and it changed me. It was a video that really did change my life. It leveled me up in my faith because I saw courage from a whole new perspective in how it had to deal with my faith and how God wanted to use courage to help level me up and how I lived out my faith in this broken world. And, and so the video is called Rock Sock. It was, it was a video done uh, from a sermon from a, another pastor and they put some music to it and kind of made it theatrical. But I, I watch this video probably about once a month and after you get done watching it, you'll know why. Go ahead and check it out. Where's our war cry? We don't even know that we're at war. We don't understand that we're in hostile territory. This isn't a time of peace. It's against the principalities and the powers that are puppeteering the people. And we are in a position to see souls set free. This has been the ancient war cry throughout all the generations of the Hebrew nation. Rock! Kasak! Where does it come from? Kasak. This is the Hebrew. The rock-like oomph of the spiritually zealous heart. The game face of a mighty man. Tenacity of soul. The gritting of the teeth of the spirit-inspired warrior. And the bearing of those teeth to the enemy. Kasak is possessing a resolute and growling resolve for the glory of God. A flush of spiritual fervor, a tensing of all a soldier's muscles. There's a kasak. We don't have that spiritually. We should. We don't. Because we don't know what we're engaged with. Did you know that you have the armory of heaven? That you have everything you need for life and godliness to push the enemy forces back? And so when you hear kasak, your knuckles spiritually should immediately turn white and you should find yourself critting your spiritual teeth with a belligerence against the enemy. He goes down. There are souls that must be saved. And that's just kasak. The Hebrew statement is rock kasak. However, in the Bible, where that came from, it's kasak emas. The other word that goes with it, emas. It's heavenly audacity. It's rushing headlong into the most hazardous and impossible battles without pausing to consider the impossibilities. Who had a Amos in the Bible? David against Goliath? That's some serious Amos. Okay, he's rushing headlong against the Goliath. It's like, David, we might want to think about this a little. No, I'm not weighing the impossibilities. This is for my God. It's a confidence in victory even before the field is taken. It's lambs moving with liquid ferocity straight into the lion's lair. How about the three that overheard him in the cave of the Dulu? Just all oh, for a cup of cool water from the well of Bethlehem. Those guys had a moss. <laughs> You'll run it out, break through a garrison of Philistines to grab a cup of cool water and then bring it back through the garrison. They're being hunted by Philistines the whole time trying not to spill a cup of water. That's the moss. Mere men and women on earth are eaten up by the enemy. However, we're not just mere men and women of this earth. We are redeemed. We are bought with a price. And we've been changed into the body of Christ. Amats means swift-footed, all-believing, super-conquering, prevailing faith in the Lord of battles. What happens to the world if Christians once again get Kasak and Amats? You know what the apostles had after Pentecost? Something came into them. What was it? You can say it very simply, Kasak and Amaz, Spirit of God. He came in to win. He came in to turn this world on its head. 
Moses' last gasp. This is his great speech before the promised land, which he never got to enter into. And he's laying out the ground rules for the kingdom that is about to be established across that Jordan River. Be strong and of good courage. Kasach, Hamas. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that does go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Kasach, Hamas. Be strong and of good courage. For thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. Well, what's happening there? The men and women of God are coming to take what was purchased, the promise. You are surrounded by 31 hostile empires. You know, that's what they were headed into. 31 empires on the other side of that Jordan River. 31! This is where we are at as the Church of Jesus Christ, yet we are there without a war cry. Let's understand that we are out to win for the glory of Jesus Christ. And even if we die, we win. Doesn't matter what happens to our bodies. We obey, God wins. Now suddenly we're crossing. Joshua is the same name for Jesus in the New Testament, by the way. Yeshua. This is the Savior, the man of salvation, who has come in to bring us into the inheritance. Be strong and have good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Rock the sock. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Rock the sock, Israel. Rock the sock, men and women of God Almighty all the powers of earth and hell that come against your soul and all the powers of earth and hell that are puppeteering the lost masses you hit them square in the teeth and you show love to this world to anyone who would spit in your face you serve them and you love them in return and say father forgive them they know not what they do rock a sock israel Doesn't that just pump you up? That right there is like a coach's talk, Ben. I'm telling you. Here's, here's what we need to understand. That the rock sock that this just talked about, that, by the way, appeared 267 times in the Old Testament, this, this phrase, this idea. This is a war cry. But see, you possess that kazak of Mats because of the Holy Spirit living in you. You just have to step into that. Matter of fact, I, I'm going to switch my notes here. And Haley, if you can follow, it says, God is not looking for your perfection. He's looking for you to step in the right direction. You, you just got to take that step and say, I'm not going to do this perfectly, but I'm going to dismiss the fear that I'm feeling of like I'm not quite ready yet and I'm going to step in that direction of that Kasaka Mats because as we begin living as the warriors that God has called us to be I'm telling you not only are you going to change the lives of people around you you my friend are going to experience a changed life because he who goes and refreshes other people becomes refreshed themselves this is, this is the principle here. 
that as we begin living out the faith that God has worked in, we are living out our purpose. When we are coming to a place where we know that we're fulfilling the purpose, we live a satisfied existence on this planet. See, Jesus left us no choice but to live brave. If you follow in the footsteps of Jesus, my friend, you are going to be required to live a brave life, a courageous life. So you can either choose to follow Jesus and be brave, or you're going to be bored. Those are your two options. Be brave or be bored. And here's what I know about people that choose to live their faith brave, is they live life to the fullest. They have so much fun. Is it scary? Absolutely. If you're waiting for the fear to go away before you start living your faith out loud, you're going to be waiting a long time. This is what I love, the, the John Wayne quote. It's, I'm sure you guys have heard this quote before, but it is courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Don't you love that? I'm scared. What if that person rejects me? What if they tell me to get lost? You know, I'm going to tell them anyway because as much as they may tell me to get lost, what I have to say to them may change their life for all eternity. It is worth the risk. You say, you're passionate about this. Absolutely. Because I'm tired of seeing bored Christians. That terminology shouldn't even go together. There shouldn't be bored Christians. The lifestyle that Jesus left us to live is anything but boring. He died so that you can become dangerous, so that you can live your faith out loud and change people's lives. I am convinced that God is nudging us all the time, but we are failing to launch. He's nudging us all the time. And and here's what happens, that the devil gets in play in our life, our adversary starts messing with us, and we, we find all of these reasons and excuses why we're not going to go and, and do this thing for God and, and live this way for God, and we end up taking more cues from the devil than we do taking cues from God. And, and that's really why we are struggling with our faith is we're listening more to the devil and what he has to say about our life than we're listening to God and what he's already declared about our life. That you, my friend, are created in his image. You're his masterpiece. You have unsurpassable worth with unconditional love. Come on. That's who you are. The devil tells you you're a liar, you're a scammer, you're a cheat, you should walk in shame. How dare you? You're full of lust, you're full of anger. It doesn't matter. Regardless, nevertheless, even though that may be who you are currently, that is not how God is going to keep you. God is going to work out his masterpiece. He's going to continue to perfect those things inside of you that have the unsurpassable worth and that unconditional love, and you will never be the same. We fail to launch because we're reminded of our lack instead of being empowered by our abundance that we have in Christ. We can all talk about the things that we lack, but let me tell you, you've been empowered with the abundance, the abundance of life, the abundance of love, the abundance of forgiveness, the abundance of grace, the abundance of so much. So stop reminding yourself of the lack and start declaring your abundance and I'm telling you, it will be a life shift for you. 
And here's the big part of this, and this is why it's so critical to find your brave, to find your courage, is your brave is someone else's breakthrough. Your brave is someone else's breakthrough. That when you step up to the plate and you live out your faith, you begin to become an answer to somebody else's prayer. And when you step out of your comfort zone and do something that makes you feel uncomfortable, I'm telling you, it makes a difference in people's lives. I'll never forget the first time I really experienced stepping out in faith with my church community back in Bakersfield years and years ago when I was a young adult. We had this ministry at our church. And I remember after we went and did our our ministry that we went to Taco Bell, where all young adult ministries go after they're done. We go to Taco Bell, and it was so crazy. A couple of the guys in our group got guitars out. They popped the hatch of their little car, and, and they just got these, these guitars out, and they started singing songs. Now, keep in mind, I'm like barely saved at this point. I, I'm like walking in this position of like giving up alcohol, giving up partying, giving up pot, and, and I'm, hit, I'm sitting with this new group of friends, and I'm really trying to find my faith and live my faith out, and so we're here at this Taco Bell, and they're singing songs, and, and I'm like, you know, kind of faking it, going, I don't know the lyrics, I'm, uh. and then these two dudes, this is like 11 o'clock at night in Bakersfield, this, the streets of Bakersfield are kind of rough, don't listen to Buck Owens, like, like they're, they're, they're rough, the streets of Bakersfield are rough, so these guys come up, and we're like wondering what their intentions are. And, and these guys were super humble. And they said, we were on the other side of the parking lot. And I, we don't know what was going on over here, but we saw this like light. Like it was like, like shining down on you guys. What's going on? And, and one of the leaders that was with us that was singing says, hey, man, what you're seeing is God. Can we pray for you? And so they said, yes, we love that. So the, our whole group got around these two guys and I'm like laying hands on a guy, and everyone's praying. I'm like, I don't know, God, I, I don't even like to pray, but I found myself going, you know what, I want to pray for this guy. And I honestly, I don't even know what I prayed over him. I don't know, I don't remember my words. I was probably fumbling all over my words, but I remember I opened my eyes when I was done, and this man was crying. And I said, God, I don't have my act together. How can this guy be moved by my prayer when I feel like I'm barely saved? He says, Jim, because it's not you moving him, it's my spirit in you that's moving him. Well done, good and faithful servant. I learned a lesson there that day that it doesn't take perfection. It takes you taking a step in the right direction for God to start unleashing powerful miracles from your life to other people that desperately need breakthrough for their own lives. Are you tracking with me, church? So we're gonna, we're gonna do a social experiment in church right now, all right? I want you to get your phones out, would you? I want you to, and, and Ben, would you come up while we're doing this little social experiment? Now, I, I, I wanna challenge you on something because some of you, you've been, you've been a Christian for years, maybe even for decades, you've been to church but you can't tangibly go into a a memory and say, man, I remember how God used me in my faith, living my faith out loud to help another person. That's gotta change. And I wanna help you change that. So I'm gonna make this super simple for you because this is how I was taught how to hear God and step out in faith. I'm gonna put up a verse on the screen. 
And what I want you to do is I'm going to pray in a moment, and whoever's face pops in your mind first, whoever's name comes to your mind first as we pray, I want you to use that, just stay childlike and say the first person comes to my mind when we pray is the person that I need to send this verse to. I need to send it to him because something tells me, and it's the Holy Spirit that is telling me that I, I believe that that person needs that. And I would love it if like our friendships overlapped with each other and the same person received this five times from five different people. Would that be funny? But, but just look at this. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 10. Now you, you can take a picture of that. You can write this down in your own notes and, and send it to them. You, you might even have a different verse on your mind right now that that person needs to receive. But let me pray this prayer. Father, I just thank you, God, that despite who we are, God, you choose to use us and you desire to use us. And Lord, by by us putting ourselves out there, living bravely, God, we are becoming an answer to somebody's prayer. That our brave is giving somebody else a breakthrough. God, show us right now a person in our phone, a contact that we have, Lord, who we need to send this to. And maybe, God, for somebody here, it's a couple of people. But right now, just put a face in our mind put a name on our heart and God we're going to send it in faith right now and we're going to we're going to live our faith out loud and we're going to throw it out there in Jesus name don't overthink it but what will they think let me tell you i don't know how many of you guys go to chinese food but you eat like you know um you know, what is that, pickup sticks or whatever, and they give you the fortune cookies. How many of you, this is confession time, have opened a fortune cookie and read that fortune and thought, whoa, this message is for me. Come on, let's be honest, right? Some of you, some of you got married because of a fortune cookie. I mean, just, okay. Folks, this is the word of God. The Bible says that the word of God shall not return void. It will change lives. Don't overthink it. If God puts a scripture in there, you share that thing. Because it's not you, it's God working in you and working from you. And here's the second experiment. This one, send that out, send it out. But, but here's the, you got a little card when you came in and, and it should have been on your seat and you're like, what is this card for? This is for you to give away to somebody this week. I'm gonna teach you guys this week how to live courageously in your faith. And so what I want you to do is pray this week and say, God, you show me the moment and the person that I'm supposed to give this card to. It could be a family member. It could be a coworker. It could be a neighbor. It could be the guy pumping gas on the other side of the island at the gas station. But whenever you get that nudge, I want you to take that step of faith and choose to live with moral excellence to live your faith out loud because my friends not only are you possibly going to change somebody else's life in the process of stepping out courageously to help somebody else you are going to live brave and that brave is going to stop you from being bored which opens up the doors for old habits and old ways to try to come and get you and grab you and pull you back would you stand with me Father, as we just end our time with worship, God, you are building our life. 
And God, I will be the first to admit that I've come a long way, but I haven't arrived yet. Lord, I want to level up in my faith. And show all of us, God, how we can take this principle of moral excellence, the idea of this virtue, this goodness, this courage, being brave. And God, put that desire in us to live out our faith, to be that loudspeaker of heaven so that everyone that comes by us will have a little heaven deposited in their life because of us choosing to live our faith out loud. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.